0: Just a quick heads up. Today's episode contains some descriptions of violence in mental health treatment.
1: Is the hospital haunted? Well, I've gone in and out of these buildings frequently. I've grabbed door handles of doors that are open a crack, and I know that they're open, and I have had the feeling that somebody pulls pulling the door on the other side I've had a paranormal smell experience here I went in an attic of a building by myself nobody had been in there for more than a month and I walked up in that attic and all I could smell was a woman's perfume I have no I can't explain that what I've come to understand is that there's good energy and there's bad energy, and you do not want to walk out of here and carry bad energy home with you.
0: I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we are taking a trip to the suburbs of Boston, to the shuttered, possibly haunted, Medfield State Hospital, once known as the Medfield Insane Asylum. It was a place meant to help people with mental health issues, but that wound up doing a lot of harm. After this. If you're looking for a place Along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at travelwyoming.com.
1: Net Credit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people.
0: On the outside, Medfield State Hospital looks mostly like a fancy prep school. It's got these big, charming red brick buildings, and they're scattered across a vast green lawn. There are beautiful trees growing, and during the day, families walk their dogs, kids run around on the lawn. But inside, things get spooky. The hospital's been closed for two decades, paint contaminated with asbestos is peeling from the walls, and the creaky floors echo with each and every step. There are spider webs in every single corner. It's so atmospheric that the hospital has been used as a set for movies.
1: This hallway we're in right now is where the um, X-Men New Mutants was filmed on the upstairs, and it was there. It was the rooms for each of the mutants.
0: That is John Thompson, or JT for short. He is the groundskeeper at Medfield State Hospital, but he also goes by a different title, the asylum keeper.
1: Um, And I'll show you a room a little bit further down the hallway here. It's this room, room number 30. She rolls marbles, and the marbles roll backwards. That was filmed in this room on the second floor.
0: JT's been working at the hospital for 20 years. And during that time, he has become something of a hospital historian.
1: I was able to meet a lot of the former staff, both psychiatrists that were here, and nurses that worked here, uh, and also several patients. The Department of Mental Health also gave me access to files related to the property so I could um, understand it better and kind of understand what happened here at Medfield, and also understand why these places don't exist now. Medfield
0: State Hospital opened in 1896 and was initially created to relieve the overcrowding of other Massachusetts state facilities. And the thing to keep in mind is that it was really a progressive plan. The design was supposed to mimic a kind of idyllic rural community, a better place for the mentally ill to spend their time.
1: These buildings were created under what was called the Cottage Plan, which Mm -hmm. they thought was better for a person's mental health because it made them feel more like they were at home and getting a lot of fresh air and sunshine. That explains why this isn't one gigantic building with all the wards connected.
0: It gave the hospital that kind of sprawling college campus feel. But the need that had first created the hospital didn't stop growing. Within 10 years of opening, the hospital was already at capacity with 1,000 patients. And the patients just kept
1: coming. The problem was that the legislature never funded these hospitals to keep up. By the
0: 1940s, it held around 2,300 patients, more than double what it had been built to hold. And that overcrowding had a huge impact on both patients and staff.
1: Right now... You can see the building next to us is called the Excited Ward for Men. The Excited Ward was for violent men. And it's a very big building. It was built for 100 men. Within 10 years, there were 200 men, violent men in this
0: building. In the 1890s, when the hospital opened with its utopian dreams, there was supposed to be one staff member for every 10 patients. But soon, it was one staff member for every 20 patients. And that overcrowding, plus the lack of staff, was a bad
1: combination. There were times when there weren't enough ward attendants, where there were murders in this building. And um, because some of the patients would, would walk away from their rooms when it was time for dinner and commit crimes within the building, beating up other patients and so forth.
0: Some patients were tied to their beds were kept in isolated rooms and fed through a slot in the door. Staff got violent with the patients. And sometimes they weren't able to keep one patient safe from another patient.
1: The psychiatric nurses had excellent training. They were manuals. They were well-trained. But when you have... 20 psychiatric patients under your care or more and somebody walks up, one of them walks up behind you and bites a chunk out of your back, what will your reaction be? You'd probably swing at them. Remember, there was no medication, so there was no giving somebody a pill to calm them down. Pills don't, pills that calm people down don't even come into the picture until the 1960s.
0: In 1897, a man died of shock after being left in a bathtub of scalding hot water. In 1902, a 30-year-old woman was murdered by another inmate while she was strapped to a bed. In 1916, an attendant at the hospital was found guilty of manslaughter after beating a patient to death. It happened again and again. In 1938, staff members killed two more patients. In the 1950s, psychotropic medications started to replace older treatments like electroshock and seclusion. And for a while, JT says patients were really over-medicated. Sometimes they spent all day in bed. The drugs did begin to decrease the violence in the hospital, and eventually patients were discharged at a faster rate. The hospital's overcrowding did begin to ease, but its population really fell after a wave of deinstitutionalization in the 1960s. At the time, President Kennedy, whose sister had uh, intellectual disability, championed the Community Mental Health Act. He wanted to replace what he called the cold mercy of custodial care with community mental health centers. So instead of being sent away to a big hospital, people could stay closer to home and family. By the time the Medfield State Hospital finally closed in 2003, there were only 150 patients left. Today, Medfield is one of the few hospitals of its kind still left standing. Until COVID, tours took place all around the campus. It functioned as a sort of living museum and a way for people to understand how far treatment for mental health has come. And as JT says, how much work still needs to be done.
1: I hope that people... Um, understand the history of mental health treatment and that they need to reconsider that to help people that need mental health services. It's underfunded. We need more people to go into that field.
0: But things at the hospital won't be like this for very long because soon the hospital's spooky rooms will be redeveloped into apartments. If you want to tour the site and see the hospital in its current state, you are free to walk around the campus and grounds, but as of now, you cannot go inside. This episode was produced by
1: Chika Okoye.
0: Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire Seuss, Devin Como, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John DeLore. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was sound designed and mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. I'm Dylan Thurst, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time.
1: Witness Docs from Stitcher.